Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Wednesday. Oh, and we are jam-packed today. Got a little bit of everything that we're giving to you today. Of course, it is NFL Free Agency, the day. All the moves are taking place, so we'll talk about what's happening in the NFL with that. Aaron Rodgers has decided he's going to play. However, it's not really his decision where he's going to play. It's the Green Bay Packers. They they hold all the cards right now. But Rodgers has decided that, yes, he wants to play with the Jets. Though that decision finally been made after many uh, days of darkness, etc., etc. So we've got that. Our two quarterbacks are going to join us today. Not one, but two. The quarterback, Jay Schrader. The quarterback, Steve Berline. So we'll have both of those guys on today with their thoughts about NFL free agency. Of course, March Madness upon us. The opening round games uh, taking place last night and then two more games tonight. And then the real deal all starts tomorrow. And we can hardly wait for that. Yes, the field uh, of uh, 68 complete down to 64. Ready to roll with that. And of course, we will be at the Westgate Las Vegas, our Friday home. But tomorrow, of course, it's the beginning of the tournament. So we'll be at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook tomorrow for that. So uh, make sure that you come on out and join us there, as well as getting your tickets for Hoop Central which is inside the International Theater there at the Westgate. Uh, tickets, $40 at Ticketmaster.com. You can see all the games and the uh, luxury and the comfort of the International Theater, the 4K video wall, the betting stations, food, beverage, everything. And that will be happening in the next uh, three days for that. So get on out there. And, of course, our Friday home uh, is always there at the Westgate, so extended to Thursday and Friday this week. All right, so... Paul Buck Power Stewart is going to join us a little bit later on uh, across the pond from England. Uh, he's been covering the WBC. Yes, Great Britain has a team. Not that WBC, but the World Baseball Classic. All right, our next guest, he looked at me like, WBC, what, where, where's my belt? We'll get into that here in a minute. So Paul Buck Power Stewart today, Steve Berline, uh, Jay Schrader. Uh, it's nonstop for you here today. But we're going to start today, and of course, with our, 
our boxing open. Uh, just a perfect segue to bring in uh, my good friend, uh, good friend of the program too. He's been with us uh, so many times. And uh, I got a chance to see Creed 3 last night. And as you know, I've been wanting to see this uh, since it came out. But with the schedule and everything, it was tough. So I finally found that window last night where I could go see it. Because I had to go see my guy, Stitch Duran, who was in the corner wearing the whites. He was in Adonis Creed's corner once again. And uh, Stitch Duran, the legendary cut man and trainer, whether it's boxing, MMA, and of course many appearances on the big screen as we know, basically been in several of the Rocky and Creed movies, all three Creed movies, and of course Rocky Balboa as well. But uh, Las Vegas is very own, as I like to say, even though he's a NorCal guy like me originally. Stitch Duran, what is up, brother? Hey, man, what a presentation, but I'm so proud of you, TC. I remember the days when you had a hard time getting Tony Lopez and Ray Lovato on your radio show. Oh, man. <laughs> now you got all these superstars ouch, on it. Ouch. No, no, that's, that's a compliment, brother, but uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's always good, you know, when you called and you talked that you saw Creed Three. Yeah. you know, I, I told you there's a, you know, it's great moments for me. It's just mm-hmm. great opportunities, but you know, uh, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that got uh, mm-hmm. to where this movie is right now, and it's a blockbuster movie. Yeah, yeah, my man Stitch Duran, always great to yeah. to have you, man, uh, on the show. Been doing this a long time with you, and I, and again, it seems like we're we're always talking about, oh, you know, what what do you got coming up? This movie, that movie, and then so I know you've been you know talking a lot about this one. Uh, you know, Kenny Bayless as well in yeah. the movie. Our good friend Al Bernstein. So uh, for me, it was. Uh, it was great. Tony Weeks as well, too. I'm going, those are my guys. Here, here we go again, you know. So uh, fantastic. So much I want to hit on with you today, though, man. And I guess, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, you were in many scenes uh, of Creed Three. Talk a little bit about just the experience and the production. And what was your length of time that you were, you know, on the set for this? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, this is my third one, you know, as you said. Yeah. But, you know, going back into um, the second one, I'm wrapping Michael B. Jordan's hands. I just spent every day six weeks at a time working with him, wrapping his hands and, you know, kind of putting him in the mentality of a fighter. And I'm telling him how proud I am of him and Ryan Coogler, who wrote and directed uh, Creed and also directed uh, Black Panther and uh, Tessa Thompson and then Steve Capo, the director for Creed 2. He looks at me, TC, TC, and says, Stitch, I'm directing Creed 3, and you're with me as long as you want. Oh, you know? got to so, love that. Yeah, yeah, so it's good. you know. Yeah. And, and now they're filming a documentary on my life based on my book, From the Fields to the Garden, right? Mm-hmm. So they interviewed Michael, and they kind of sent me a little clip. But, yeah, Michael mentioned on the interview for the documentary that I'm one of the pillars of Creed. So, you are. You are. Yeah, but I help them. You know, they, Michael understands we have a great relationship. And, you know, I told Ryan Coogler in the first one that if I see something that uh, is not ideal, I'm going to bring it up to you because you're representing our sport. And he says, please do. You know, so <laughs> I'm an advisor without paperwork on it. Right. But I'm glad to give it back. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I always talk about this. I'm a big critic when it comes to sports movies. Uh it doesn't matter what sport it is, but you know, especially boxing too. So when you, and I know you're the same way, 
how do you feel that they did this as, as far as getting the fight scenes and everything else that, that is around that sport? Do you think that they nailed it? 100%. Yeah. You know, I told Michael, what I cause as we know, you've been in movies where, yes. you know, that maybe they didn't nail it, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, Michael would literally stop and they would ask me, what do you think about this? What do you right. think about that? Same thing with, you know, uh, Tony Weeks, the refs and, mm-hmm. and everybody. They, they wanted the authenticity. And, and of course, you know, we gave it to him, but you know, I, I asked Michael, I said, Michael, when you're doing your fight scenes, are you thinking as an actor or as a director? And he says both. And, uh, but you know, he put this program together, the whole team just put this program together in production. But I told him right from the get go, I said, man, what you guys are doing, these are the best fight scenes I've seen. And before I knew it was IMAX, right? Yeah. And, uh, but I also told him TC, I said, you know, Michael, and like I say, every day I wrap his hands. So we, we talk, you know, friend to friend, uh, you know, and I told him, I said, Michael, this is the first major Hollywood movie where you're literally highlighting Mexican fighters. So True. you had Jose yeah. Benavides as Felix and, right. and then you had a, a cameo with, uh, Canelo, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's, they, they understand the game and they want to maximize it. You know, Michael even asked me one time, uh, Stitch, who should give away the WBC belt? That's why you, you know, my ears right. picked up <laughs> right. and you brought up WBC, you know. Right. So I, pre- I, I mentioned to him that Jose Suleiman right. created it, the most prestigious belt. He mm-hmm. passed away. His son Mauricio mm-hmm. is, is, uh, now the president. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it should be given away by a Mexican representative, right? Well, we're in Atlanta, bro. We're six weeks in Atlanta, mm-hmm. two weeks in LA, but in Atlanta, we had the extras and, and there's 53% black. The rest are pretty much white. Mm-hmm. And I see one guy on the other side of the ring as extras that was Latino, Mexican, about my age. So I went and talked to him and all that. And I said, see that guy over there? Pick him. So he's the <laughs> one, you know, just to make it authentic. Right? Yeah, of course. And, uh, so when I, when Earl Spence fought Ugas, I saw Mauricio there and, okay. uh, I mentioned that to him that, yeah, it's, you know, we want to make it authentic. Huh. I mean, even as simple as pulling the gloves back of the referee and putting tape on them and yep. putting the sleeve over that to make them tight. Yes. You know, I mentioned that with Creed too with the, uh, the referee for the Russian fight. So right. yeah, uh, authenticity. Yeah. As realistic as it's going to get. For Hollywood, it was a great movie. All right. I was going to ask you your viewpoint when you sat back and you, you watched it, you know, in the theater. Uh, how, how did you feel watching this one back compared to some of the others? You know, it was, it, it was a different feeling. Good question. It was a different feeling because of the relationship that I had with Michael building up to yeah. this one and my involvement. And, and, uh, there was a lot of great shots that they shot that they didn't use. Really. I mean, it's, there were so many, so many, different shots that they shot and when they put the film together uh yeah you know it, it could have been a lot more it could have been a three-hour movie easily sure easily yeah, sure all right so let, let's set the the tone for our listeners that have not maybe seen the movie yet so obviously creed three michael b jordan uh, adonis creed apollo creed's uh uh son um, we did not see any Sylvester Stallone. We didn't see any, any, any Rocky in this one, which we've seen Sylvester make some cameo appearances, actually have roles. Uh, but he did produce this, correct? How much was Sylvester around or was he around for, uh, for this? Not at all. Really? You know, yeah, not at all. And, you know, there was that conflict between him and Irvin Winkler, the, the producer that bought all the rights to Rocky. And, uh, but, and, and he made, you know, through mentions through different stories that he wasn't going to be in this one, but he's definitely be in the next one. Mm. And he has nothing against Michael B. Jordan or Dolph Lundgren. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I expect to see him in the next one. Okay. 
Yeah. And they're already working on the next one. So there will be. A, y- yes, a, a, yes. A, that's not a hidden thing. I'm talking to Ryan Coogler and, and Keenan Coogler at the, at the premiere. And, uh, even Michael B. Jordan mentioned it before that. Yeah. They're working on. Now, Michael before. B. Jordan is not just an actor. He is the director of this yes. as well. So I believe this is his first directorial major motion picture, right? A hundred percent. And that's, oh, okay. that's what made it special is yeah. that he was so good and, and doing what he did. Uh, and cause I've seen them, you know, I've seen Sylvester Stallone when he did Balboa. Yep. He acted, directed in it. And I saw him as a professional top of the line. Ryan Coogler is a director and just so many guys uh, that I've seen. Michael did a great job, kept his composure. He did. He did. And again, you know, with the story, you know, in this one, he's, he's retired. It kind of, again, we, we saw the film go, you know, from when he was a youth, which we really didn't know too much of that story in Creed and Creed 2. And so he has some flashbacks there and then it, it went ahead a, f- a few years and then to the present time where basically, you know, now Adonis Creed is, is really managing fighters or promoting fighters, you know, now. And like you said, he has a, a, a heavyweight champion who is a, a Mexican champion. And, uh, then he runs into, uh, one of his old, his old buddies who was a sp- aspiring, uh, boxer and he comes in and, and they re- reunite and this guy wants a, wants a shot at the title and, you know, he promotes that fight. And then of course, Michael B. Jordan, you know, he gets kind of called out. Uh, Adonis gets called out and they end up fighting, but I was really impressed. I'm always impressed with Michael B. Jordan and, and what he does, but Jonathan Majors, who plays, uh, the, the other fighter, uh, who Adonis and him, you know, were growing up together. Talk a little bit about Jonathan Majors. He's been in some stuff. Uh, and you could probably recite a couple of things that people might recognize him from, but uh, I thought he, he was fantastic. He gave you that look of like Mike Tyson, didn't he? The way, you know, really with just wearing the black shorts yeah. and no ring robe, nothing like that. And just kind of that nice, nasty guy who spent 18 years in prison and he comes out. And I thought that they actually, you know, captured that very, very well. Yeah. You know, he's the new superstar. That's coming up. And, you know, as you saw at the Academy Awards, it was him and Michael, yeah. you know, but Jonathan, uh, the first time I wrapped his hands, he came and sat down and, and, you know, normally I wrap guys hands. I'll talk to them. I'll joke around with them. Uh, he's not saying much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? You know, okay. You know, we, we finished. He wants to get up. I said, nah, we always dap. We always hug. But then I found out TC that he was in, uh, character. And I learned so much off of that, that I respected him so much that, uh, to the point where after that we hugged, we dapped and he's telling me he loves me. Right. Yeah. But what an actor, man. I'm telling you, I was impressed. He, yeah. he just signed a seven movie deal with Marvel. Okay. So he's going to be the bad guy for the rest of his life. You know, <laughs> he's, he's an ant man. So, yeah. so he's the first actor in so many X amount of years that has had back to back number one hits. And, uh, but a super, super guy graduated, I think from Yale. Yeah, and, yeah, he's and an very guy. intelligent yeah. guy, and uh, but glad to be part of his history. Also, I mean, for me, it's an honor, yeah. you know. And uh, I'll tell you a quick scene: uh, the sparring, the the fighting when him and Adonis are fighting. Uh, he had already gone through sparring sessions. Well, when he fought Benavides Felix, you know, right. Michael just gets on and starts doing his thing. That he's not as in good 
warm-up condition as Jonathan Majors. They're going to the body. Bam, bam, and bam. And at the end, they cut. And <laughs> I always cut the bandages off of the, the wraps off of Michael, right? Well, I have to go down to the trailer. And he's on the ground, man. <laughs> he's just so tired, right? He lifts his hand up, and I cut him off, and I laugh at him. I say, well, you know, it's you try to keep up with Jonathan, and he was already in in script for that he yeah. was already way way warmed up and uh so yeah they uh they worked but they worked great together so talk about again when you're doing a boxing movie and you are a fighter if you if you don't have that type of background it's got to be very very tough because as we know you know that uh, you know most fighters they start six seven eight years old i yeah. mean they're very very young and these two guys really appeared like they knew what they were doing so kind of kind of grade their performances as as boxers and what's the the backstory uh when did these guys start learning how to box yeah well you know michael of course from creed one right mm-hmm. and he had yeah. did that you know months 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 before so he's always kept that practice and and worked with the same guys you know clayton barber was uh, the guy that really put all this together the script uh for the fight scenes and he did a great job same thing with jonathan once jonathan picks up on something it's like a magnet he'll study that as hard as he can as much as he can like i say he was in character mm-hmm. and i'm wrapping his hand just so he can go shoot right <laughs> so you know i i learned so much off of him and yeah. and i saw he did an interview and he says whatever i do i'm going to maximize it at the highest level yeah and again you've been around a lot of these fighters and you've done you know a lot of boxy movies over the last couple decades i mean we go back to plate to the bone and yeah. all those others right so there have been those fighters that y- you had to be saying to yourself oh man this you know th- th- this guy doesn't look like a fighter or you know this you know we're really gonna have to cover up some stuff camera wise or whatever right I mean, but, but see, this, you could tell this, this looked like the real deal. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. You know, but the thing about it, you have to understand as you're looking at these guys. Yeah. We have those impressions in our yeah. mind, but Hollywood's an illusion, right? They'll make ugly look pretty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I always keep that in mind and I learned that. That's know? why you look like a million bucks, baby. <laughs> yeah, see? yeah. I told you. They took my wrinkles. I know they did. They left my wrinkles out, my gray hair on and, and, uh, but it's all right. Oh. They left it all natural. No. Uh, very strong, man. Very strong. Stitch Duran in the house. Join us. Legendary cut man and trainer, uh, appeared again in, in Creed three, just released a few weeks ago. You got to go see it. It's still playing all over town here, uh, as well. How many times have you seen the movie? Uh, you know, I four in one week. So I, I, my wife and I, Charlotte, we drive to Los Angeles, uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, to where well, they had the screening for the cast and crew, yep. everybody involved in the movies. Mm-hmm. So we saw it by ourselves casual. Okay. The next day we had the red carpet. So back to back. And then, uh, Friday when they came out yaya mcclain let's talk about him he was in the movie yes johnny mcclain that's yes. a former world champion yes he was the coach for jonathan majors and right. did a great job yeah right so he had a screening here in las vegas and okay. uh, of course i bought 20 tickets friends and family and all that and then the next day i went back to my hometown of planada 1500 yep. 2000 people uh, i bought 50 tickets I invited people that I grew up with at Hadley's camp, the migrant camp. Yeah, yeah. I invited them as my special guests and oh, then wow. other friends that I grew up with forever. And we all went to watch it together. That's cool. Yeah. So it's always good to get back and, yeah. and just little things like that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I get off on TC. Oh, no, you're, you're a pro stitch again, humanitarian and, and, and great, not only just for the sport, but the city of Las Vegas and everything in general. Uh, just, uh, appreciate you, the friendship and uh, the open and honesty. Um, 
with these movie scenes, you said you, okay, you uh, spent time in Atlanta mm-hmm. and L.A. So we saw like the Dodger Stadium scene, okay? <laughs> and I'm going like, okay, so we know that that's that's not filled with with 58,000 people like uh, for a Dodger World Series game or a playoff game or whatever. But uh, just talk a little bit about the filming of the major fights in this movie, where they took place. Um, and did they, did the one take place in Atlanta uh, uh, as part of a, another major fight, correct? They, they both did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dodger Stadium was shot in Atlanta, right? I told you, everything's an illusion. Yeah. Right? The the fights in South Africa with Tony Bellow were filmed in Atlanta, Yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, going into, <laughs> I guess maybe it was right, going uh, out of the shoot uh, when we're going in, in, Dodger Stadium, uh, as we're walking out, you see all the teams on the wall, right? Yeah. So I'm walking as a team and I see the Oakland A, so I tap it. Yeah. And on the next one, Mike says, uh, Stitch, Stitch, don't tap them. <laughs> so I try to give the Oakland A's a little bit of a plug. You did a little bit of <laughs> yeah. love. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Because, uh, they said, you know, one of the fights uh, was in the crypto.com, which is the old staple center or yes. whatever they say. But they said Hollywood's an illusion, but I, I'm always fascinated with that because as you know, a lot of, uh, the fight scenes, some, some, um, fight scenes in pr- in previous movies were filmed here in Las Vegas yes. on on part of uh, an undercard or after a main event when they had a, a a full crowd right at the MGM and stuff like that. Yes, and, of course. But yeah. you know, and and the, originally Creed was going to come out November the twenty third. Right. And I'm wrapping Michael's hands and he gets a phone call and it's Denzel Washington. And I think, oh, wow. You know, he has a speakerphone yeah. on and town. He's getting his hand wrapped. But Denzel asked him, when's the movie coming out? And he said, well, traditionally, the Creed and Rocky movies have been Thanksgiving weekend. Black Panther scheduled to come out November the 11th. So, you know, so I'm thinking that I'm telling people November 23rd and and you're talking about footage from the audience. I'm watching Ryan Garcia was fighting his last fight. I can't remember who he fought. Mm-hmm. And um I see Michael in the in the ring. And so they're filming in between the fights. They're filming the audience's reactions. I hear him, well, this one here, just boo and all that. So they filmed that and they incorporated that into uh, the movie. Wow. Great stuff. Yeah. So, right. so anyway, well, he told me at that point, he tells the fans, all right, I'll see you guys uh, <laughs> 3-3-23. I said, what? <laughs> but, but I loved it. I, I, you know, everything, I based everything on numbers and yeah. what better way to remember 3-3-23 for Creed 3. They're very nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And we, we see that in the, in the posters, the promo, those, those numbers. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff obviously is, is phenomenal. Love hearing that. You shared a couple <laughs> things. Give, give us a couple more golden nuggets there. The behind the scenes stuff. Uh, well, the, well, Jonathan Majors. All right. All right. So he did such a great job, right? So in the fight, when he's fighting Felix, he does all these illegal tactics and Russell Mora is in the movie also. Yeah. He gives him two point and then so and so and he's telling him so and so. Well, in one of the scenes, they didn't show it, but he was such a, a-hole that when they cut break, I walked to the other side of his corner. I said, he's in the ring. I said, Jonathan, you're a ass beep beep. I said, but I loved it because you were so, you were so bad that it made me sick. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So, you know, it's been a great opportunity and, uh, Benavides, he did a great job. Yeah. You know, and, uh, just, you know, and not an actor, but he, that told him it's going to change your life. Yeah. You know? And and we've seen, you know, boxers, uh, you know, star in movies or, or get roles like this. Our friend who was in Digstown, who fought so many, so many fights here in Las Vegas. I want to say Gar- it wasn't Garcia. It was Garcia. It was, uh, which Garcia oh, was Alex that? Garcia. Alex Garcia. Alex thank Garcia. you. There we go. There we go. All right. All right. 
<laughs> Alex Garcia. There you go. Again, and he was in Dickstown and yeah, he got yeah. a role. So, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, boxers who, who play roles like this before. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, it's not even about the economics. It's about accomplishments, you know, yeah. and like I say, I always go back to me growing up as a farm worker. Now look at me now, you know, so everything's possible for anybody. Absolutely. Know? Stitch Duran in the house joined us. All right. I know that, uh, you got a big fight. Several big fights uh, coming up that uh, you're involved with, and uh, Caleb Plant. Uh, we've seen him a lot here in Las Vegas. He's got a huge fight coming up here on the 25th at the MGM Grand. Uh, can hardly wait for that against David Benavides, uh, super middleweight uh, champion. Uh, Benavides undefeated, 26 wins, 23 knockouts. Caleb Plant, as we saw, we saw him fight Canelo Alvarez, uh, very very tough. So talk a little bit about this fight and talk about your. Your guy, Caleb Plant. You know, it's, it's a pleasure working with Caleb. I've, I remember when he first got here, he was just, you know, he was that, that guy, you know, he's always quiet, always training hard and all that. And even through his training, I always go side to him. And he was a former kickboxer, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of in common on that. And, and, uh, but, uh, they called me to work on this last fight and, uh, I didn't know his trainer, uh, Breadman, Steve. I don't even know his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on this training camp, I've, I've been at the gym every day. In fact, I'll be there after we finish this radio right. at five o'clock. Um, but the thing with him, with Caleb and Breadman, the coach and the father, Richie, is that they're all in sync. And I've worked with a lot of great fighters, TC, and a lot of great trainers. I got to give this guy, Breadman, a lot of credit for being, uh, unrecognizable coach, but he don't work on that. Mm-hmm. But he works on good fundamentals. And to me, and C- Caleb is following those fundamentals. Yeah. So I, I expect this to be a real good fight. You know, don't uh, underestimate Caleb by any means. Yeah. Steven Edwards, bread man. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, bread the, man. Yeah. yeah. So where'd the bread man, I say I knew Steven Edwards, but where'd the bread man come from? I'm scared to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Caleb sure gives bread man a lot of, a lot of kudos, a lot of praise. And he says, Oh no, the chemistry has just been, been great between them. It's phenomenal. You yeah. know, just, just, just to look at them work together and, and the simple instructions that he gives them, are very they're to the point mm-hmm. and and i tell them you know i don't get involved during the you know the the instructions and all that but off the record i'll tell them you guys are on point man yeah you know so i expect it to be a real real good fight yeah all don't, right. don't underestimate caleb plant that's for sure no we shouldn't it, it yeah. seems like a pretty even fight yeah. uh, as well too and conditioning wise you know he's I mean, Tony Brady's doing his conditioning for him, and and that's going to be a key, key, key weapon for him is his conditioning. Yeah, Benavides is a is a great fight in uh, relationship to who? Jose. Who, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people may not realize that, but you yeah. know. So I told Jose at the premiere, <laughs> we're taking pictures. Can we hit it off, great? I mean, we're yeah. friends. You know, the the whole family. So let me go back ten years ago, back when I was with the UFC, we did a show in London, and and his father. Uh, David and Jose's father was training, uh, Ryan Bader. And so we're on the bus together going to the weigh-ins. And at that point, he told me, I have two sons. They're both going to be world champions. So actually when Earl Spence fought, um, Ugas, I saw them there and I told him, I said, I want you guys to know that your father said that you guys were going to be world champions. And sure enough. Right. So with Jose, we hit it off great. Yeah. And then we're taking a picture together. And now, ah, man, you know, you ever come to Seattle? You're always welcome. I said, no, I'll see you March 25th. I'm working with Caleb. Uh, you know? So we'll see how that goes uh, at the press conference and at the fights. Uh, can hardly wait. March 25th here at the MGM Grand. It's a pay-per-view. Um, we'll be on Showtime pay-per-view. 
And uh, again, MGM uh, presented by Premier Boxing. Uh, it's going to be a good one. It's about time, Stitch. We got some some world championship fights back here in Vegas. We've been having a little of a, uh, a downtrum, you know, for a while here. Yeah, but we, you know, we got them racked up here coming up here. And and I moved to Vegas. I'm sure so did you yep. because the boxing capital of the world. Yep. But I do so much traveling. You know, that uh, got to get a new passport. Got to add pages to them. But it's <laughs> nice to be back home. And and you know, normally after a fight, I'll go home. I won't even get a room. Yeah. But uh, Caleb or Jordan Plant says, you know, get your room for Friday and Saturday. Saturday and I said, nah. And then my wife said, yeah, let's get it. Why not? Well, so staycation, uh, a staycation. That's right. what she said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Yeah. Good stuff. Benavides and plant. Uh, it'll be a, a heck of a fight uh, coming up here on March the 25th. All right. So you're a busy guy. Got tons of stuff going. Uh, we already know that Creed four is going to be happening again. Is there a timetable? For that? No, I don't know. Yeah. You know, normally they've been what, three, four years. Or yeah. Gap. Yeah. Uh, but, First time I've seen that they're working on the next one right off the bat. And uh, so, well, we'll see. But you also noticed that Drago was in the film. Yes. Right? Yeah. So there is going to be a spinoff on Drago. Right. And and I was talking to uh, Florian when we were doing the filming, and, and it's going to be him and, and uh, Dolph. Mm-hmm. They'll be working, but you'll see the good side of Drago. And, okay. And, you know. Okay. So interesting to see that goes off. Great stuff. Yeah. All right. Stitch, uh, we appreciate the time. As always, man, we'll let you get back to the gym. Appreciate taking time out of your busy schedule with this. And again, a couple weeks away from another world championship fight. Um, any communication with, uh, with Tyson Fury? I know that you've, uh, you know, had those days, uh, you know, with, with him in the ring. Uh, great partnership there. Yeah. What's the latest with, uh, with Tyson? I, I haven't heard from him, you know, yeah. but, um, I guess he might be, he's going to be fighting Usyk. And, yeah. And at that point, I think they're going to need a pretty solid cut man, right? Yeah, there you go. And, and uh, so I know a know, guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so same, anyway. same guy you had before, Tyson. So, so, so before I leave, I got to let you listen to this message from yes. Vladimir Klitschko. Oh, yeah. All right. So when I I was with uh, Mauricio telling him about yeah. the, the film. He says, we're talking about the Klitschkos because they're fighting Russia right now, right? Yeah. And uh, Vladimir Vitaly's the mayor of Kiev and Vladimir the face. Yeah. So we took a picture and sent it to him. And Vladimir sent me this message. And I want you and your listeners to listen to it because, uh, well, I'll let you listen. Okay, to yeah. It. Put it's, that up as close to the mic yeah, as you can go. here. And let's see if we can uh, and, get this here. Yeah. Here we go. My two favorite men, especially Stitch, with whom I spent so much time talking, and he actually saved my career on a lot of different stages. Uh, if Stitch wouldn't be in my corner, I would not make the record of 12 years being a champion. So um, that's... Uh, so great to see you both, and Stitch is the man. Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. Outstanding. And, yeah, brother. so I'll give you a quick ending to this. So when he fought Anthony Joshua, uh, yeah, Anthony Joshua's yeah. last fight, yeah. I didn't see Vladimir and Vitaly till Friday because Carla had got married. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I talked to both of them, and finally at the end, uh, before he gets on the scale, I put my hand on Vladimir. I said, don't worry about nothing tomorrow. I'm going to take care of you like you're my son. And I leave. Because you know he can't sleep and all that. Mm. TC, I'm putting the Vaseline on him. 90,000 Brits, uh, people worldwide. Michael Buffer's ready to do the announcement. I'm a foot away from him. And he says, between him and I, he says, you could call me son. <laughs> oh, my God. That gave me chills. And it still does. Right. And then uh, he called me after daddy. But then months later, I saw him in Germany. And I said, Vladimir, that moment. Why? Simple as that. He says, Stitch, there's very few people I trust in my life. You are one of them. 
The ultimate compliment, my friend. It's an honor. The ultimate compliment from me. Not just a superstar in the sport of boxing, but just uh, a, a great guy all the way around. So Yeah, I miss these guys. Delivered from one great guy to another great guy. Thank so, you. Great stuff, brother. All right, Stitch, I appreciate you as always, man. We will uh, definitely uh, keep having you on. Uh, always great, man. The, the legend, as I like to call him, the legendary cut man and trainer. And also... The star of uh, the stage and screen as well, Jacob Stitch Durand. Uh, give the best to the family uh, again, and uh, we look forward to seeing you real soon. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, and thanks for having me on. You got that right, as All right, always. Guys. All right, Stitch Durand in the house. We come back. We talk NFL free agency. One of our quarterbacks will be joining us this hour. The other next hour, it's Steve Berline. Next hour, coming up next, the former Raider, Jay Schrader. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless, and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. How about that, huh? I mean, my man Kenny Bayless, uh, he was in Creed 3 doing the refereeing in, in one of the fights. Uh, we just have Jacob Stitch Duran on. Uh, Al Bernstein just reached out to me, and uh, he was in the movie as well, too. I just love that. I'm sitting there watching the movie last night and just going, hey, those are my guys. But again, that's that's one of the main reasons I went, because I wanted to, to see these guys, and uh, they've been in so many different uh, boxing movies. So yeah, Creed 3, uh, very good. Uh, just uh, lived up uh, to the rest of the Creed series and, of course, uh, the Rocky series as well, too. But always great uh, having uh, Jacob Stitch Duran uh, join me on the show, and especially, you know, whether it's uh, on location or in the studio, always fun. My youngest is a big fan of the Creed series now yeah. and, and, and Bo- Rocky and all together. So yeah. uh, when I text him the picture, I said, do you know who that is? And he goes, yeah, he looks familiar. <laughs> I said, yeah, he's in the studio right now. So I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. Absolutely. No, uh, Stitch is, is great. Again, just a Hall of Famer himself and uh, appreciate him. All right. Uh, we continue on here. Remember, we've got the madness upon us uh, coming up uh, starting uh, tomorrow with the field of 64, with the playing games last night and tonight. We'll touch on that. Uh, come on and join us at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Again, tomorrow and Friday we'll be out there. And get your tickets uh, to see all the games inside the International Theater at the Westgate Las Vegas. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But right That's now, awesome. today, it's uh, NFL Free Agency Day. So we got to bring in one of our quarterbacks, of course. The one and only Jay Schrader joins us now. My man, what is going on there, QB? Not much. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good, man. How about yourself? Yeah. You tell I'm, me. I I am doing well. I'm looking, you know, I'm 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 an unrestricted free agent, so you know, I'll put my name out there. I can, you know, I can walk. I'm not sure about running anywhere, but you know, I could throw an out route still. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Believe me, man. Uh, looking at the current state of affairs in the NFL, the quarterback position, I'd say maybe ten guys are worth the damn. So there's 20 <laughs> spots that are open for you. How's that? Hey, I like it. I like it. You know. I, have to have to pack, bypass some surgeons, you know, to get cleared off. But you know, I think I'll be okay. Okay, so uh, obviously the big news today is uh, Aaron Rodgers, where he said he intends to play for the New York Jets. Now Rodgers said that uh, he made that decision on Friday, uh, and he's not holding up a trade. But again, right now the Green Bay Packers hold all the cards 
in this situation. Okay. So Roger said he took his sweet time, wanted to decide, you know, if you wanted to play number one and then, okay, well, who would he entertain playing for? So, uh, the Packers and, and, and Jets are talking. Uh, let's hear from Aaron Rodgers and hear about the way that he, um, kind of broke down the situation here and the way he talked about how he came to this decision. He talked about this on the Pat McAfee show, you know, earlier today about, uh, you know, making the decision process, but then kind of talking about his, his relationship currently with the Green Bay Packers as well as, uh, where he stands right now with, uh, with the New York Jets. So we'll, 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 we'll let you, you know, hear that here. But before we get into that, Jay, g- give me your thoughts as, as news about Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, taking his sweet time, then finally, you know, letting the world know about his decision. Well, I mean, we go through this every year. This yeah. is, you know, five, five years running with Aaron Rodgers. You know, where's he going? Is he going to play? Who's he going to play for? What do you want to do? Well, now he's got everybody hostage. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to play for the Jets. But, hey, look, me personally, if I was running the Packers, I'd be like, you're going to wait, but I'm, I'm going to wait until I get exactly what I want because you obviously want to go there. Jets are out trying to sign all these guys that he had on his wish list and all that. I'd make him sweat. I'd get, I'd get a lot for in that return. But uh, it's obvious he's not going back to Green Bay. So um, I'm sure they don't they don't want to play the game anymore. Of you know, is this the last year? What do you want? You know, all that stuff. But uh, it's unfortunate. But right now, you know, he's in a waiting game, and he's announced that he's going to go play. Uh, he wants to go play for the Jets. Mm-hmm. If I was the Packers, I'd make him sweat it out a little while. All right, here is Aaron Rodgers' version on the way everything has gone down and why he came to this decision. So I'm uh, no malice, no bitterness towards Packers. It's been bittersweet for sure the last uh, the last ten days. So I've shifted my focus to entertaining, you know, what the plane would look like, and had uh, you know uh, the Packers granted obviously permission for the Jets to come out and visit. We had a nice visit. Um, they decided to leave their cars in the street, which attracted paparazzi attention, which uh, got, you know, a few of them photographed, which I thought was pretty funny. I told them, listen, I'm not ready to make a decision about anything. I want to get back into my workouts and see how it feels, uh, you know, to really hit it hard for, for a week. I've obviously been working out before that, but to really hit it hard for a week and, and to see if that drive and the, and the passion is still there. And, and then I'll, you know, see where we're at. And, and so again, this is why this is not a decision here. The decision I think was made in my mind, whether or not I was able to admit at that point, uh, really on that Tuesday, I wanted to play. Um, and then it was, uh, you know, how is my body uh, feeling? Is it going to be able to hold up? So at this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me and kind of digging their heels in. So I would just uh, <laughs> I think it is interesting at this point to step back and look at the whole picture. Um, you know, my side, love and appreciation, gratitude for everything that Green Bay has done for me. Love, so much love and gratitude and just heart open for the Packer fans and what it meant to be their quarterback. And also the reality of the situation, you know, like it is what it is. The Packers would like to move on. 
They've let me know that in so many words. They let, they've let other people know that in direct words. Um, and because I still have that fire and I, I, and I want to play and I would like to play in New York, uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting that done at this point. All right, Aaron Rodgers. So when you hear that, Jay, what do you think? Well, is this a one-year deal? I mean, am I crazy, or has he gone through this for the last five years? Do I want to play? Do I not want to play? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if I'm the Jets, I'm like, dude, you've got to commit in more than one year if we're going to sell the farm to try to get you here. And, uh, you know, I, did, I think it's unfortunate that professional sports have gotten to this point, okay, um, and where guys are opting out every year, you know, hey, I want another contract. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um and uh, I understand they get, you know, the guy's a phenomenal player. That's not, no question about that. But, um, you know, he says he's not holding it up. Well, he's put the Packers in this situation for a number of years. And I have, you know, hey, look, if the Packers hold on to him and, and make him sweat, I'm okay with that. I agree with you. And it was only a year ago that Rodgers said that he was going to finish his career in Green Bay. Remember just even a few right. weeks ago before he went in the darkness, like, well, I'm about 90% sure that I'm going to retire. So yeah, yeah I mean, we've, we've heard this right. before. And again, I, I don't like people comparing him to Brett Favre. And, you know, I was back in Green Bay during that whole Brett Favre scenario and totally different. Okay. Brett Favre right. wanted to stay in Green Bay. And, uh, the media made a mockery of it and Ted Thompson made a mockery of it. And yeah, he was, had Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench for three years and he drafted him. He wanted, uh, to go forward. And basically, you know, he ends up, uh, you know, traded to the Jets and Brett still had plenty of life in him. We saw him play a couple of years after that and then he ends up in Minnesota. So here it is now with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's going to end up, you know, in the Jets uh, with the Jets, but just it's different, totally different because, you know, you have this, uh, bruised relationship between Rodgers and Brian Goody Coons and then Mark Murphy mm-hmm. and, and, you know, um, even with the head coach, uh, to a certain right. degree in, in LaFleur. So no, and, and Packer fans, I can tell you, they have been fed up for a while, uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers, plain and simple, but he wants to continue, uh, he wants to control the narrative. And then, you know, yesterday coming out and saying, Hey, here's a list of guys that, uh, you know, I would like for you to 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 get on the team, and of course, there were former Packers: Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, you know, Ran, uh, you know, um, Randall Cobb, and you know, Randall Cobb. I mean, nobody wants Randall Cobb right now. I mean, <laughs> right. and, and, the, and he made the Packers bring him back, and what the guy catch? You know, maybe eight passes. You know, this right. year when when he came back into the Packers. No, it's it, yeah. it's just a joke. And you're right. I'm glad you said that, Jay, because this the situation with the Jets is they're going to mortgage the farm and do this for, what, one year and go through this nightmare again? And what if the Jets have a typical season? What's Rogers going to feel like? Like, oh, man, you know, I, what, I signed off on this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for, forget about all this. Well, it's because the Jets are desperate for a quarterback. They're total yep. desperate. And yep, they, it, they've it, taken some. They've they've taken some swings, and they've had misses. And they're like, "Hey, this is a proven guy. You know, we can tell everybody we went out and all that." But again, are you going to do it for one year? I mean, am I crazy? Isn't this the fifth year in a row, Aaron Rodgers? Yes. You know, waited to be like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm going to play. What is going to? You know, they don't want me. I don't. You know, come on. Mm. You know, let's figure it out." Yeah. So if you are the Packers here and 
you've basically made that commitment and said, okay, we're going to Jordan Love. Now, with all that being said from a football standpoint, Jay, I don't know why you would want to go ahead with Jordan Love when, you know, you, you've had basically, you know, a multi MVP, you know, in your camp there. I understand, okay, you got bad blood or something like that, but still for you to come out and say that you believe in Jordan Love, I mean, we remember seeing this guy at Utah State. He was marginal at best there. Right. Uh, right. You know, he was reached for in, as a late first round draft pick. Uh, w- why do you think the Packers? I mean, do you really believe that they think that they got something with Jordan Love? No, no, I'll be honest. No, I don't think they do. I think they are fed up with the diva Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're at a point right now where they go, hey, we can get a lot in return um, if we do this now. Um, because he said he wants to play. Let's figure out what the most we can possibly get and get, you know, they're, they're tired of dealing with, with that relationship. There's no question about it. He's burned a lot of bridges. You know, he's like, Oh, I have no animosity and all that. Dude, what you've done the last five years to that organization has been awful. Mm-hmm. You know, you basically held him hostage every off season, mm-hmm. you know, waiting on you to go into your darkness and come out with some revelation. So um, I think the Packers are just completely fed up and they're like, look, it's been a good run. Yep. We're done. Now, if they don't get what they want for Rogers, then the Packers could just let him sit, but they want to pay him to sit. So then they would probably just outright release him, which I guess Rodgers would want. But then again, you're at a point now where, especially with the draft coming up, that the Packers can really hamstring him and these other teams because, as you know, you don't want to go into the OTAs uh, you know, without a quarterback. I mean, you you right. want to know who your number one quarterback is, no. right? So, look, what look, what do you think happens with the court? What do you think happens from the Packers' perspective? What do they do? What do they ask they're, for? When do they make a move? They're they're going to get a great they're going to get a great deal. Okay, I don't know if it's going to be a you know over the top Herschel Walker you know type move um, like that, but they're going to get a great deal because, as you said, the Jets are desperate. They're desperate. They know what if they go out and sign all these other guys and go, okay, we got them, but we don't have Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, before the draft, they're going to have to go, okay, how many draft picks do you want? We got to get our guy. Um, so it, something will happen, I would imagine, before the draft. It's going to go back and forth. And now that it's out there, everybody knows. You know, the Jets are desperate. And you're right. Packers hold all the cards. I'd be sitting there. I'd go, hey, look, I want five first-round draft choice. I want your next five years. Start, let's, let's start from there. That and, sounds like the know, movie Draft Day. I mean, there, there's Kevin Costner right there. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, that's where I'd start. I'd go, I want your next five dra- first-round draft picks. Because you're right. What if, okay, what if he plays this year, they have a mediocre year, then he decides not to play? Well, those first-round draft picks are going to be top five, right? Right. <laughs> So, I mean, you could walk away with, you know, four or five years with some, with some dudes that, you know, can play. So, you know, they're going to ask the moon. They're going to have to go back and forth. Is it going to be five first round? No, there's no way, you know, that they're going to end up getting that. But, you know, you, you've got to shoot for the moon and go from there because you're right. The Jets are desperate and Green Bay doesn't want him. So Green Bay is going to get something, and I think it's going to happen before the draft. All right. Jay Schrader joins us uh, talking about NFL free agency. Uh, 
underway as we speak right now officially. Uh, the Raiders sign Jimmy Garoppolo, three-year deal, $67.5 million, $34 million of that is guaranteed. We had speculated what the Raiders are going to do. Doesn't come as too much of a surprise. We knew the Niners didn't want anything to do with Garoppolo. Um, you know, why is still kind of beyond me because again, you know, they reached and they went to, after Trey Lance, which I still don't believe he's going to be a quality right. NFL quarterback. Now they look at Brock Purdy and they go, okay, well, maybe we do have our guy. So now Garoppolo becomes available. Uh, he's shopped around, but, uh, he signs with the Raiders, obviously because of the relationship with Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler. Give me your thoughts, uh, about the Raiders getting their quarterback in Garoppolo. Well, we talked about this a month ago, didn't we, on the show? I mean, we thought that this was where they'd end up, but I thought they'd keep Stenham as as a backup because, you know, we all know Garoppolo gets injured and all that. So they're going to have to get a young guy that, you know, they feel they they can go out. They're going to have to do that. They're going to have to pull the trigger on a young guy and groom somebody because they know Garoppolo's not the 10-year you know, down the road guy. He's, he's a two year, two to three year stopgap guy that's going to win you some football games. Okay. The guy, the guy can win, win some football games, but, uh, uh, you're going to have to have somebody ready to go. So, uh, it's not a shock that he's there. Um, I think the more of the shock is that Darren Waller's gone. Um, but I can see that on the Raiders point of view too. The guys played what 10 games over the last two years after signing a big contract. So, you know, it's, when you come right down to it, it's a money business. These guys are out there to make money for the owners. And uh, you got to look at the, the dollar amounts what these guys get to. What's more of a shock, Jay, that the Raiders signed Garoppolo, Darren Waller traded to the Giants for a third-round pick, the 100th overall, or the Raiders signing Jacoby Myers, the guy that basically kept the Patriots out of the playoffs <laughs> and returning to the scene of the crime. What's going on with this? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, it is, let's just put it this way, it is a strange world out there, my friend. It, it really is, you know, and uh, I mean, everybody everybody ought to love Jacoby Myers coming. They're like, hey, dude, thank you. Jay, you know, this guy is going to get a standing ovation. Are you kidding me when he comes? <laughs> the, now, it'd only be even more enhanced if the Raiders actually made the playoffs, like, for that, you know, bonehead move oh, yeah. that he made when he, you know, right. thought he was a quarterback again, you know, going back to his right. high school days, but you know the Raiders didn't go anywhere anyway. But yeah, it literally did cost the Patriots a playoff spot. It did. It did, yeah. And the Patriots are probably like, yeah, take them, please. Get out of here, right? <laughs> please, because we don't, we don't want that around. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a crazy world. And, you know, you look and, you know, it's guys that uh, everybody thinks, you know, are, are hard, high commodity guys. You know, Zeke Elliott, you know, oh, he's a cowboy for life. Well, no, he's not. So, you know, it's, it comes down, it is a business and these guys are going to run it like a business and it doesn't matter who you are. So, uh, we'll see, but, um, you know, the Aaron Rodgers things, obviously the big deal, but you know, I see where Jacoby Brissett's going to sign with the, the commanders. I'm like, Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's your, what are we doing? So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of head scratching and, and all that. So, um, everybody, it's, it's a crapshoot right now. And everybody's trying to take their swing and see what they can get. Wow. Crazy stuff. My friend, we appreciate the time. Uh, as always, I uh, would look forward to getting you back uh, out in person, uh, out yep. at the Westgate here. And I know that uh, you're going to be watching some March Madness over the weekend. And hopefully yeah. we'll get together as well, too. Uh, always great. Good. G- always great stuff. I mean, we, we love this time of year, don't we? 
No, we do. We do. There's a lot going on, and uh, it's a fun time of year, that's for sure. All right, brother. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate the time today. You bet. Thank you, bud. There you go. Jay Schrader, uh, the quarterback. All right. Uh, Visit with Jay Schrader. Uh, Next hour, we'll also visit with our other quarterback, uh, Steve Berline, and we'll get his thoughts uh, regarding the Raiders, free agency, and uh, a plethora of moves uh, going on today there. All right. We come back. We're going to go across the pond. Yes, we are. Visit with our good friend, Paul Buckpower Stewart. We're going to talk a little WBC. No, not boxing. The World Baseball Classic. What does Paul Buckpower Stewart know about that? We'll find out. That and a whole lot more coming your way. One hour down, one to go on this wild Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. (laughs) 